You're listening to The Real Well Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. With high interest rates pouring cold water over the very hot housing market, many buyers have backed off. But experienced investors have found this as an opportunity to get great deals without competition. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Well Show. On today's show, I've invited my partner on our single-family rental fund to explain why we're diving into deals when others are backing off. You can find out about that fund at growdevelopments.com. Leah and her husband, Michael, started buying and managing property 17 years ago and now manage over 1,500 properties for themselves and other investors. They have not backed off on building up their multi-million dollar portfolio and in fact have put it into high drive, purchasing over 80 properties so far this year. Leah and Michael were born and raised in Dallas and they knew the area was prime for growth when they were teenagers. And that's when they started. And Leah is here with us today on The Real Wealth Show to share about our single family rental fund and what's going on in the Dallas area. So welcome back, Leah. It's always great to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. I wanted to get real-time information from our boots on the street, so to speak, to tell us really what's going on in your area, partly because you and I have started a a single-family rental fund, and I'm sure people are wondering why we would do that in this market, Um, but also just to give us an update on how, how your market might be performing differently than others. So what is going on in North Dallas? Absolutely. So, you know, we're certainly not immune to interest rate increases. And those of us that are actively buying are very excited about this kind of short-term period we have where a lot of investors are on the sidelines. So what we've been focusing on and what we've been doing is buying up everything that we can. You know, we understand that we're still in a massive housing shortage. So, you know, we went into COVID with 40,000 homes short. We're now approaching 200,000. And so there's a lot of buyers that don't have anywhere to go. And that's been great for the rental market. And so we have been just buying as many rental properties as we can. Now, right now, there's a lot of buyers on the sidelines. And there's a lot of reasons for that, right? Things aren't as affordable. They're not too sure what's happening. We're going into an election cycle. And so there's this kind of short window of opportunity right now, which is why our fund is really couldn't be happening at a better time because there's such great access to inventory. Once interest rates start to go back to normal, once they start to slow down that uh, kind of current upward trajectory, I think the floodgates are going to reopen. You know, that, that housing shortage doesn't disappear. And what little bit of progress that we were making with builders is now completely stopped because the builders too can't afford to build. And so we have this compounding problem that really by the time interest rates drop back off, I, I can't even imagine what heights we're going to be going to. Now, certainly North Texas is is a little bit unique in that we have so many people coming here and so many jobs coming here. And these are really high paying jobs, right? So almost half of the new jobs pay over 150,000 a year and 17% or less pay less than 70,000 or 75,000 a year. So we've got really kind of all the good dynamics that we want going for market increase. And really the, the more that other areas continue to struggle, the more people come here. So it's, it's this compounding problem. It's, it's different because I think there's all this talk about this national housing market and there is no national housing market. We have to look at local numbers and local numbers are yes, listings are up, but we're still less than two and a half months of inventory. 
A healthy market is five to six months. And so we're still very much a seller's market, just a lot of people sitting on the sidelines waiting for just a little bit of easing in the interest rates, which for investors, it's great right now. Oh, when we when you do see the headlines and and Dallas Fort Worth is is the headline, that's misleading as well because there's so many different neighborhoods. Would you say that some areas in the Dallas Fort Worth area um, are seeing more inventory uh, come on the market, or were in a bubble before where prices might come down? I really don't know that we're going to see prices come down. What I think is is happening right now is we're not seeing people paying egregious amounts over asking like we were. We were having listings that were two, three hundred thousand over asking. If you didn't have an extra fifty to one hundred thousand dollars cash to pay over list price or over appraisal, it wasn't even worth submitting an offer. And so we had all these people coming from other states with massive amounts of cash, and it basically choked out our local buyers. What I do think is is definitely misleading with the headlines is Dallas has had net population loss. The growth here and the development here and the business income here that's coming is in the suburbs. And that's always been our play, right? We sell in the suburbs and we keep going further and further out because that's where properties are cheaper. You get more bang for your buck. You don't have all the inner city issues. And so, yeah, I think Dallas certainly has been in this kind of position where they're seeing more inventory now, but it's less about the market and more about the fact that people don't want to be in the city of Dallas. We're fourth largest metro in the United States, and we're still considered an affordable housing market. You could still get homes for $200,000, $250,000 all day long. And so if all the jobs are in the suburbs, all the new schools and developments and malls and shopping is all in the suburbs, why would you want to go into the inner cities? And so it's one of the things that really makes North Texas unique. And I think it's also contributed to our artificial undervaluing of property because we have so much landmass and so much highway system to connect our suburbs for these jobs that you can really live and work anywhere. And you just you don't see that in the other top metros, LA, Chicago, New York, the closer in you are, the better. And that's just not the case here. When we're looking at metros at Real Wealth, we wanna be in the path of progress of that metro because not all, all neighborhoods within a metro are growing. In fact, some might be losing jobs and moving to a different neighborhood. Are, are you seeing that in the DFW area? We really haven't seen job loss anywhere. We have so many more jobs than we have people to work them. It, it really, at this point, is almost a crisis. You can't go to a restaurant without seeing signs that they need people to work those jobs. And I can tell you just from looking as an employer myself, it's very competitive right now. So we're really not seeing that here, but I am hearing stories of that happening in a lot of other areas. But a lot of those jobs are what's coming here. I think <laughs> there's also been a shift since COVID in the service industry specifically, and when you have new jobs coming in at 150,000 or 80,000 or whatever those numbers may be, I think it's very difficult to get people to go back into the service sector. And so I don't think that's just a unique North Texas problem. I think that's a nationwide problem, but I certainly am seeing employers getting out of the city and going into the suburbs from areas inside Dallas and Fort Worth. And that's been kind of an ongoing trend. What about the multifamily space? Because I know so many investors were buying a multifamily, offering really, really high numbers for those for those deals and trading. So much trading going on among investors who actually even know each other, uh, but paying more, thinking that rents were going to continue to rise. Um, do you think, you know, first of all, do you invest in multifamily? And could there have been a bubble in that sector? 
I think multifamily is extremely overvalued. I think that there's been this kind of notion being preached out there that multifamily is going to continue to go up no matter what, because it's based on income calculation instead of actual asset valuation. And a lot of these deals are coming across my desk and they scare me because I'm seeing rent increase projections on small one and two bedrooms that I know are not attainable. In addition to that, I think that they're underwriting massive amounts of appreciation and growth. And Kathy, you know from our fund that we're trying to be extremely conservative. We want the property itself to have the merit of the income and not base all that appreciation to be the entire return. And I also think that when you're paying full value or above full value, there's just not equity capture in there, which historically is one of the best ways to make money in real estate. And so for me, I'm not a big fan of large multifamily. I do own some small multifamily, and I can tell you they're the most difficult properties that we deal with. Uh, my largest is a 24 unit. I certainly have seen and personally experienced my massive increase in wealth in the single family and small, like one to four family space. And for me, I think it's a lot more protective. I think that COVID kind of changed the dynamic a little bit and that people want space and they want backyards and they want to have distance and separation and apartments just really aren't conducive to that. And our housing shortage has been filled with so many apartments, mostly high luxury class A, that I think there's an over influx of apartments on the market. And I think no matter how much reno you do to a class B or a class C apartment, it's still not going to compete with these class A's and they're getting rent so high that there's just not a huge difference. And so there's a place for multifamily investing. It's certainly much, much easier for the operator to do than a single family portfolio. But you know, at the end of the day, for me, it's all about what makes the most money, what's the most market resilient, and certainly what's the easiest to exit. And a lot of these apartment deals, I just, I don't think that's going to happen. And that's secondary to all the bridge loans and things that all these investors were going into that I was speaking months ago and even up to more than a year ago, warning about these bridge loans, because we all knew interest rates couldn't stay that low. It was just natural common sense. And so now you've got all these operators trying to exit these bridge loans and there's no good interest rates out there. And the underwriting from the banks for these multifamilies, they want more equity, they want more cash flow. And so the terms are just not advantageous. And so again, it's about resiliency, multiple exit strategies, basing value based on value, not just an income approach. And those are all the benefits of smaller properties. Yeah. With multifamily, I, you know, the reason I would invest is for the cash flow, but it seems like it's been more of a flipping business where, you know, they, they acquire it, they fix up the units, um, increase the value and sell. But then you've got to pay back all the, the tax benefits that you got from it. And those tax benefits were massive. So if I were to find a multifamily where it cash flowed and we were to hold it, then that sounds great. Um, and that's, you know, anyway, that's a concern of mine. So when we were talking about starting a fund together in the Dallas Fort Worth area, of course, there's nobody that I trust more than you because you're born and raised there. Uh, you, you have a property management company, you've been working with real wealth clients for 10 years and they rave about you or even more at this point. Uh, so, you know, I asked you what, sh what asset class should we focus on and how's the timing on this? Because we know that there's a massive shift here and, you know, you see it so differently than what, how so many people see this little window of time right now. So tell me why you're so excited about this fund. Well, so, you know, the market is at the backbone of it all, right? I, I can talk to you about my model and how unique our property management model is. I can talk to you about how I have almost 40 million in real estate because of the model. 
There's so many benefits to our market that I, I could talk for hours. But at the end of the day, there is a massive shortage of affordable housing. And when we can get into affordable housing under $100,000 or under $110,000, come do light renovations, have massive equity on the back end from forced appreciation or forced equity because we're buying below what it's worth, spending less than what all that equity is. So there's all this money left over at the end. We're in a price point sub 200,000 where there's just no properties left. No builders are building in that price point. We kind of have the best of all worlds. And it's something that we not only believe in the area, but also the growth of these areas. So like one of our largest territories that we do this model in is Grayson County, which is going to be the new chip capital of the United States, if not the world. So if you haven't read about what's going on in Sherman and Denison with chip manufacturing and face ID technology and the enterprise fund, definitely go look it up and you'll understand why this small little area that's 30 minutes north of Collin County is the hub of everything happening right now. Something like 80% of my portfolio is up there and just the returns are incredible. And that's because it's not just an area that's growing. It's not just an area that's still cheap, but it's an area that has so much money pumping into it. The single largest economic deal in the history of the Enterprise Fund in Texas was just done in Sherman right here. And so it's this opportunity where there's been so many investors targeting this area and so many people bidding on the same properties Whereas now all these people using hard money and using these expensive loan types or mom and pop investors that banks aren't comfortable lending to in this moment, they're all out. And so people like me, people like our fund, people that can come in with cash or with predetermined loans, we're really in a huge advantage right now. And again, the minute that interest rates ease at all, we're still in the housing shortage. We still have all these people needing a place to go. Rents are skyrocketing. And so I think it's going to be something like we've never seen before. And for whatever properties we're already in at that time, that's just hugely advantageous for all of those properties as well. So you're in the camp that you think interest rates will come back down. Absolutely. And I think all the top experts that actually have a real stake in the market are saying the same thing. All you have to do is go look at even what Freddie and Fannie are quoting. Everyone is projecting in that camp that we're going to be back in the fives next year. And in reality, I think it's not as high as everyone thinks it is. Look at every other recession. 7% is low for every other recession. And so what's happening right now is we got spoiled with these ridiculous, what we call negative interest rates, meaning that you can borrow and make more on your money than what you're borrowing. And so we got accustomed to rates at 275 and three and three and a quarter. That was never realistic. That was never sustainable. And so I think those of us in the industry knew it was good while it was there, but that really it was hurtful for our country. And we had to back it back down. It was artificially creating like what we've seen in other top markets, these massive appreciation gains. And whenever you see like strong, steady appreciation, that's great. But when you see these insane numbers that are making headlines, you know that that long-term is not good. It's actually very detrimental and we were decimating the lower middle class and the lower class. And so what's happening right now, it had to happen. I think where I disagree with a lot of people is that they think that the market is crashing. And it's just not possible. You have most homeowners have more than 40% equity in their home. Every other recession, except for the crash in 08, home values were stronger on the back end. So what happened in 08 that everyone is so afraid is going to happen again, we had people that you basically wrote on a piece of paper what you made and they wrote you alone. There was no stake in the game. These were not people that had any business being homeowners. There was dishonesty in every segment of the market. And so people were walking away from homes and then they were packaging these bad loans and manipulating them. That can't happen again. 
Like in my state, for example, you can't even cash out beyond 80%. And so it's just a completely different world, but that doesn't sell headlines, right? And that's also talking about nationwide as a whole. Are there areas I'm worried about? Yeah, I'm very concerned for California and New York and parts of Arizona and Florida, but North Texas, it's a completely different animal. And so wherever you're investing, whether it's with us or with someone else, you've got to make sure you're looking at hyper-local numbers. The, the market is one piece of it, but it's what's happening on the hyper-local basis. And it's simple supply and demand economics. Are there enough houses? No. Are there too many jobs for people to work that people have to keep coming here? Yes. Are the prices of what people are paying in these jobs, what they're earning, is it going up? Yes. Is there physically enough place to put them? Are there enough grocery stores and schools? No. Even the big cities like Allen, they are bursting at the seams in just their schooling. And so this development and growth has to continue. And that's all second to the fact that, again, we're fourth largest market. We're pretty soon going to be the third and overtake Chicago. And we still have homes I can buy for 100 grand. That right there should be a red flag of how undervalued the market is. And what that means is what is the potential? None of us have crystal balls. None of us know what's going to happen. But what I know is we have to invest somewhere. I still firmly believe and always have believed real estate is the most stable real estate investment vehicle. And I'm going to pick a market that has all the boxes checked for maximum potential for growth and also the most protection against a market downfall. As you probably know, Texas was my happy place during the last recession, or the, not the last one, but the Great Recession. When Rich and I were buying properties in the $120,000 to $150,000 range back then in 2005, 2006, 2007, what you would consider the peak. And if you were buying property kind of anywhere else, and let's say Arizona, California, Florida, at that time, during those years, when 2008 came around, you were probably in a world of hurt if, if you were trying to sell at that time. Obviously, if you held, you'd be okay. Uh, but for us, you know, pay, basically paying close to retail on, on those properties, they were brand new properties, but in the $120,000 to $150,000 range, which just seemed like the price people were paying for cars in California, uh, it just it made sense. And when the housing crash happened in 2008, we just experienced price increases, not not in the, the value of the home, but in the rents. Because as people lost homes, they needed to rent and they wanted to rent our beautiful homes. They were so nice. And they were in the path of progress. Again, areas where other people might think, oh, that's too far out from the city center. Uh, because you know when you drive through, there's nothing but fields. But we knew what was happening and we knew the infrastructure that was coming to the area. And those homes did so well. And then they did what Texas doesn't do. They increased in value because now all those fields are no longer fields. They're shopping centers, they're the businesses, um, stores. I mean, I just ate in a restaurant that I hadn't, I hadn't been to that particular area. I was just in Dallas, as you know, a, a few weeks ago. And those were cornfields in the restaurant that I was, that I was eating in. So I know the resiliency of Texas and I know how it got us through that last recession, at least those assets, other other assets that we bought in other areas didn't do as well. Uh, so it feels similar. And it's amazing that you're still able to acquire properties for the same price that we were buying them 17 years ago. It's it's incredible. Obviously, it's further out. But tell me about a typical deal that you're seeing. I know you're looking at deals every single day. What are some of the things that you're like, I got I to have that one? 
So like the types of properties we're talking about for the fund are generally going to be around $100,000, uh, typically with an end value 180 to 190 and anywhere from 30 to 45,000 in work. Uh, I've got one closing this week in Greenville that I picked up for under 105,000. It needs about 35,000 in work. And so it's going to meet that 1% rent return all day and the end value is almost $200,000. I have another one that I just helped a client purchase, and we don't do a lot of renovation properties for clients, but this was one that she wanted to kind of take that on. And so she picked up the property less than 110,000, needs like 30,000 in work, so all in around 140, and it just appraised at 190,000 before the work's even done subject to the work. So, you know, right now, like I said, fantastic opportunity. It's just about making sure that we capitalize on it right now. And I think the timing is going to be perfect because right as rates start to come down, it's going to be time to refinance them. And so it really is the best of all worlds. It's, you know, people look at what's happening right now really scary. And for me, it's opportunity. And for me, it is a time where we can really excel and we can move ahead. So I actually just sold a property and I'm, I'm in a total hold phase. I don't sell anything anymore because it's just it's not sustainable when you have as many as I have. Um, I just sold a multimillion dollar property so that I can go buy another 50 to 100 houses with it during this time window. So that's closing in just a couple weeks. And again, that's because I believe in the power of what the opportunity is for this next four to five month period. If it doesn't back down sooner, um, I, I know a lot of people think that by March, we're going to see relief. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those things. We take advantage of the market where we can, no different than what you did going into the last recession. And, you know, those properties are over half a million now, by the way. But the, the crazy thing is our most desirable area is Collin County. So that's where Plano and Frisco and all those areas are. Average price point in that area is still $600,000. So top market in the United States, fourth largest, and we still in our most desirable area are six hundred grand. It just tells me everything I need to know about what's coming. Uh, we're going to be a little mini California here in about 10 years, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you mentioned earlier, I think we've had a lot of Real Wealth members question, is, is the fund going to gobble up all the properties that you know we as investors want to buy? Well, first of all, as investors, you could be a part of the fund, but you do have to be accredited um, and not everyone can do that. So if you're not accredited and, and you still want to buy in these areas, um, we rarely recommend that people buy a property unfixed through one of our teams and go through the renovation process from a distance because there's so many things that could come up with that property that might freak you out or, you know, just there's surprises. There's always surprises that a professional like you knows how to handle. Um, so you usually, the, the product's different, right? Between what will be in the front in the fund and what you help investors buy, individual investors. So what is the primary difference? So we actually don't help investors do renovation properties. And there's a lot of reasons for that. A, it's it's not cost effective for us. And we don't have the crews to be able to do that across 1,400 investors. And so unless an investor is here and going to do it themselves, that's not a piece that we can offer. Uh, but a lot of people, they want that model because that's where a lot of money can be made. And so that's really what drove us to offer this fund is to give you an access into the model that I've used to amass my real estate portfolio. For investors who are not just looking for passive, but who are looking for regular cash flowing property that they own solely, what we've done with your clients all these years is it's about 90% new construction, a lot of off market or almost new, not needing large amounts of work property. So we're talking carpet and paint, that's simple. We have crews in house, we do all of that. But we're talking about properties that are in these high growth areas, a lot of times brand new construction, undervalue. And that's the model that we've been using all these years and what we'll continue to do moving forward. And what we're talking about here for the fund are these 
properties with this built-in equity component uh, that do require, in many cases, light renovations, that it's scalable for a fund, but not scalable for almost 1,500 customers. Great. And if you want to find out more about that fund, you can go to growdevelopments.com. That's grow, like grow your portfolio, growdevelopments.com. You'll get all the details there. Again, it is um, for accredited investors only, which means you earn either $200,000 as an individual, $300,000 as a couple, or you have a million dollar net worth, uh, excluding your primary residence. And all those details will be on the website at growdevelopments.com. Leah, it's always a pleasure to have you here. And I'm so excited about, about what we're doing together. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. Again, if you want to find out about our single family rental fund, you can go to growdevelopments.com. That's G-R-O-W, growdevelopments.com. It is for accredited investors only, which means the SEC will require that you either earn $200,000 as an individual or $300,000 as a couple, or you have a million dollar net worth, excluding your primary residence. I don't make this stuff up. It's just SEC law and we've got to follow it. So again, if you are accredited, just go to growdevelopments.com to find out more about the fund. Or if you want to acquire individual properties, you can go to realwealthshow.com and click on the invest tab and you'll see the drop down for Dallas and you'll get all of Leah's information there. She can help you build your individual portfolio as well. I'm Kathy Fedke. Thanks for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. We'll see you next time. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to realwealthshow.com.